This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Talk money to me. Hello and welcome to Talk Money To Me, your need-to-know financial podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. I'm Candice Burke. And I'm Felicity Thomas. Now, we've got a great episode installed for you today. We'll be going over the current market sentiment, the good, bad, ugly views from the bull and the bears. And as we're in the midst of ASX reporting season and dividend season, you know, is right around the corner, we'll also be going over the key insights so far we've learnt from reporting season. Plus, you may have heard some of the latest superannuation legislation changes. So we're going to give you a little bit of an update on that and some real life examples on how to potentially use that. And finally, we're going to touch on two stocks we pitched early on in our order pad back in February 2022. One that we believe it's time to take a bit of profits off the table and one that it is time to double down. That's right. So stay tuned for the end of this episode to hear which one we're taking profits and which one we're doubling down on. So huge episode plan for you guys today. Lots of tips and insights in store. But before we get into today's episode, a quick reminder, as always, this podcast and the content discussed does not constitute as financial advice, nor is it a financial product. And the content on the podcast is general in nature and you should seek your own professional appropriate advice before you make your investment and financial decisions. We're recording today, 27th of Feb, so all the facts are known at the time of recording. Alrighty, disclaimer done. Let's get into today's episode. So let's kick it off with the bulls and bears. Let's hear the arguments on both sides of the camp to make up what the sentiment of the market is at the moment. So Felicity, over to you. What are the bulls saying this week? So, I mean, this one really had me breaking a sweat uh, last week. So NVIDIA, <laughs> NVIDIA had a beat. Thank God. A massive beat. <laughs> yeah, and it raised against a very high bar, you know, adding $275 billion market cap. And it's accelerated the computing and generative AI has really hit a tipping point. So that's number one in the bull camp. Now, the Fed speak is still quite supportive of a pivot, despite the reiteration of patience mantra and the need to see more evidence on inflation. Walmart also provided a better Q1 and 2024 top-line growth guidance, so that's highlighted some confidence in current consumer macro trends. Then we've got big credit card financial services M&A with Capital One to actually acquire Discover for $35 billion. So the street is positive on the payment network and monetization opportunity. Toll Brothers actually noted strong start to its spring selling season and raised its FY guidance. Then the Royal Caribbean, so cruises, actually said bookings <laughs> are significantly higher. I would love to go on a Royal Caribbean cruise. It's significantly higher than a year ago, uh, the year ago period, um, and actually raised some guidance there. Everyone is wanting to go on cruises. So the Royal Caribbean actually said bookings. 
bookings are significantly higher than a year ago and they actually raised their guidance. Um, there's also been a bit of a stretch systematic positioning cushion from P&Ls lower has actually triggered those levels. Uh, then we have the big AI, big tech, bubble pushback, you know, via some low volatility readings on selected multiple contraction. Goldman Sachs and UBS actually raised the 2024 S&P 500 price targets. So that's interesting, pointing to factors such as a better US economic growth, Magnificent Seven earnings tailwinds. I mean, we love the Magnificent Seven and margin protection. Also interesting to point out, China cut their five-year LPR by 25 basis points. So that's a large, probably actually the largest move on record ahead of consensus, which was only a 10 basis points easing. I also kind of wanted to point out here that something we've noticed is, and there's a bit of commentary around it, is that payments are actually roaring back. Block was significantly up last week, up about 16 to 20%. And today, Zip actually announced positive cash earnings and revenue up 29%. So I think that's kind of interesting on market sentiment. So CB, what about the bear camp? What factors are they anchoring onto at the moment? Well, definitely there's a lot of bull notes out there and I guess bull sentiment points, but the bears, they're still not quietening down, let's say. So one of the main points in the markets floating around is that there's more hawkish tones to come out of the FOMC minutes, which flagged a risk of premature easing and officials continue to highlight the need to see more evidence on inflation cooling. So don't, you know, get ahead of the gun here right, is what they're saying. Don't jump the gun. (laughs) Yeah, don't jump the gun. That's right. (laughs) And then I guess the main thing that if I was a really strong bear hiding in my cave, I would agree with this point, the concentration concern around the earnings. Like it really does come down to three names, really driving half of the S&P gains, all embedded around the hype of AI growth. So, you know, quote unquote bubble, that's, that's the argument around that. Small caps meaningfully have still underperformed despite the biggest weekly inflows since June 2022, according to a lot of the data out there, in particular BOFA. Buyback momentum is softening a bit, according to Goldman Sachs and BOFA. There was a disappointing auction on the 20-year bond with a record three and a half basis points tail, which plays into the bond yield backup. Mortgages, we look at that very closely. It's back crept above 7% for the first time since December, which kind of also is echoing in the Financial Times and how they're reporting about more credit concerns, bad property loans above the reserve bank levels. So this is you know negative for earnings and guidance and reactions as per Wells Fargo to the bulk of the large cap names. So banks are a little bit you know cautious on the bad debt side. Recently, the CEO of JP Morgan Chase, another big bank in the US, Jamie Dimon, who is known as being more cautious on the current market, he's not convinced the US will in, in fact pull off a soft landing, so he remains constructive. The market does listen to his view here. Also, the EV space is still lagging again with press reports about continued pricing pressures, dampening regulation support, along with a weaker production guideline moving forward. Big tech, you mentioned that, but also in the space of cybersecurity, these stocks were sold off mid last week in the US amid concerns around Palo Alto's network strategy shifting towards discounting. So I guess all said and done with the bulls and the bears, one great tool that we look at for market sentiment is looking at the future interest rate pricing. Now, 
These are futures. They change daily. But at the moment, the current US future rates is indicating cuts to begin in June, be it small, and landing around 4% in June 2025. In our market here, the RBA future interest rate, the the yield curve there, I guess, is pricing in not as many cuts in sight because we didn't raise as aggressive as our counterparties overseas. So again, small cuts predicted to begin in June and ending around 3.81% by June 2025. So at least from the interest rate futures felicity, easing is coming, which could be supportive of the bull case in the markets overall. Yes, we're actually, I mean, we're all really hoping that they do come down soon. That's yes. for sure. Um, for my mortgage in particular. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's jump into our next segment, kind of looking at the ASX reporting season so far. So we're in the midst of reporting season, so very busy here. Still a lot of companies to report their earnings. And so far, a few key themes have emerged in this February 2024 earnings season. So the first one that we want to highlight is corporate Australia is learning to live with the cost pressures and higher rates. So most of the ASX companies have now reported results. We've noticed that Aussie companies are now really learning to live in this heightened cost and interest rate environment. I mean, I know we're all I'm learning to live in this environment. (laughs) Things are a little bit different. At this stage, though, we would have to say that corporate Australia's response to the tough macro environment has been both stoic and impressive. Now, another key theme to emerge so far is more positive. Uh, The first half 2024 profits are actually beating expectations. Although earnings beats have so far outnumbered misses by a ratio of two to one, it's worth noting, however, that expectations coming into this reporting season, the bar was actually set pretty low, which analysts had backed into their profit expectations leading into these results. So you could say there hasn't really been too many surprises then. I think in terms of stats so far, though, companies that have actually beaten on earnings have seen an average share price gain of about 5% versus a 3% fall for those whose results missed expectations. So overall, the share market has been flat really since these results period uh, kind of began. Yeah. And look, historically, the month of Feb for the ASX isn't that flash on the up and the downside. Like usually the month ends pretty flat, you know, maybe a little bit up half a percent or or so. Unlike typically other months for the ASX, like March and April, we tend to have more of a rally historically, dividends are paid. And like you went through, Felicity, more of the positive beats and expectations have time to digest in the market. So those stocks lift the rest of the index. But interesting, you know, on your point about higher costs, which is, you know, the reality for corporates and individuals living in in the current climate, a third theme to really emerge so far has been that cost management and really managers who manage the costs is impressing the market the most. So although companies are pointing to decelerating top-line growth environments they're now facing, they've still managed to impress on margins. And central to this margin story has been the cost control, with a range of companies pointing to how these strategies are helping in a still tough macro environment. So really good examples of how cost control has drove a positive result. Some names you might be familiar with for our listeners is News Corp, Borrell, JB High Five, AMP, Downer, Treasury Wine and West Farmers, in particular Kmart. I love Kmart. I'm probably one of their biggest customers. <laughs> Just love that store. And then the final theme that we wanted to touch on, guys, there's so many, but these are just the four that really have stood out to us so far, is that guidance and trading updates 
have been a net positive. So when you look through all of the earnings updates and the, and the P&Ls and then the PowerPoint presentations that they shared to the market, CEOs seem to think that the worst may be behind them now with a positive skew showing through in the outlook statements and trading updates and guidances. So companies we find are usually better at picking the bottom of the cycle than at the top. So this is a positive sign from the C-suite, at least from the ASX companies that have reported so far, that the worst could be behind us now. And that's also a similar positive view, which is baked into the credit and interest rate market futures that we just touched on earlier. So this is a good signal. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they're right here and we see more positive momentum in the market. But so far, actually, year to date, the ASX 200 index has remained relatively flat at 0.33% gain. So as of last week, ending Friday, the 23rd of February, our ASX market had a nine point fall in the S&P ASX 100 index, which did a little to actually move the valuation dial. And the current total shareholder return is at 4.69%, actually comprising of a 3.87% yield and a 0.82% capital gain. Now, with higher prices, I guess, and a minimal increase in expected earnings, the market PE creeps higher. So it's now at 16.3% and close to one standard deviation expensive, which we've mentioned a few times on our show this year. Yeah. So I guess, again, we sound like a beaten drum here. Or a broken record. <laughs> broken. I'm so bad with my little... What's like You're just puns. making up your own little... <laughs> I know. I'm just making up my own puns here. So excuse me for that, guys. But look, the point here is don't be afraid to take a profit if it makes sense and if it's aligned with your goals. Because, look, as a reminder, February is about to draw to a close. There's only a few days left. So if you do want to get in touch with us, and we've heard from so many of you so far, which is absolutely fantastic, please reach out to us. Email is in the show notes below if you want to take up our complimentary portfolio review offer. Only a few days to go. Alrighty, so that covers off the bulls and the bears argument, you know, why we think PE multiples are a little bit expensive at the moment and the ASX reporting season so far. Next, we're going to walk through the latest super legislative changes, which have just passed and they're going to come into effect the 1st of July, 2024. But before we delve into the new super changes and what this could mean for you, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. 
Run us through the latest superannuation guidelines. Yeah, so CB, really starting from the 1st of July 2024, there are some significant changes coming into effect that will actually open up a new you know, planning opportunities and strategies for your retirement savings. Love that. Super, super, super. That's right. All right, so from what I understand, one of the major changes to put into place is the increase in superannuation contribution limits. Exciting. These changes are linked to the average weekly ordinary times earnings. Say that quickly here in Australia. <laughs> oh, wait-y. Oh, wait-y. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the concessional contributions, which we say CC, limit will actually increase from $27,500 to $30,000 per financial year. While the non-concessional, so this is your after-tax or NCC limit, will actually rise from $110,000 to $120,000 per financial year. That's great. Well, colour me impressed. So really, it means if you meet all of your other conditions, you can make personal deductible contributions up to 30000 to help reduce your taxable income for FY25. Correct. And for those eligible to contribute more than the limits under the carry forward provisions or the bring forward provisions, there are even more benefits. So the new CC cap under the carry forward provisions actually increases from 157500 to 162500 and the new NCC cap, so the after-tax monies, under the bring forward provisions actually increases from 330000 to 360000 in a single financial year. We like to do real life examples. So in this scenario, my superannuation balance is still currently under 500000 so I've gone out and I've checked with my accountant or also via the MyGov website, you can do it. And we have confirmed that I have carry forward provisions available of $100,000. So essentially, I could look to reduce my taxable income significantly either this financial year or the next one by making a personal deductible contribution of $100,000. Yes, exactly. Now, this is something that you're going to need to check with your advisor or your accountant, but it can be really useful if you've got a large CGT event in a particular financial year. I would also be a bit strategic when I look to make my non-concessional contributions based on the timing of the year. So we're in February. I would actually probably look at if I've got some spare cash and I want to plan for retirement, looking at putting 110000 this year as a non-concessional contribution. And then as of the 1st of July, I would trigger my bring forward contribution of 360000 rather than 330000 Just gets me an extra thirty grand into that tax-effective environment. Yes, and that is a really good insight. And I think a lot of people, Felicity, don't really know about the the do's and the don'ts with super. So it's really important, I think, that we're sharing this knowledge. We're doing it for a lot of clients, as you said, who are just about to go into retirement, which is really cool. Is there anything else worth noting with the new changes? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, there's other conditions that you need to meet, which is why we've said a few times you need to speak to your advisor or accountant. I think something else that's quite interesting that I'm not sure if a lot of people know about, if you're under 75 years of age during the financial year, you can make a non-concessional or salary sacrifice contributions provided your super balance is less than $1.9 million in July of that year. However, 
do keep in mind that the work test continues to apply if you wish to claim a personal super contribution, so a personal deductible contribution, and you're over 67. Yeah, that's important. And there's also changes to the downsizer contribution as of last July that we should just highlight again for our listeners. So the eligibility age for this scheme was lowered from 60 previously down to 55 years on the 1st of January 2023. This scheme allows eligible individuals who sell their homes to make a one-off 300000 contribution into their superannuation fund outside of the concessional and other rules. So for couples, each partner can potentially contribute 300000 each. Yeah, so I think that's actually really important to highlight. And it's also important to note that the house does not need to be your main residence right now. It just had to be your main residence at some point in time and you have the main residence CGT exemption there. Um, you need to have also have owned it for at least 10 years prior to the sale. But again, you need to double check your specific circumstances with your advisor or hey, you can reach out to us. So CB, we're done with all the superannuation strategies. Now we did say last year, we want to update our listeners on our order pad stocks, what we're doing there. There's obviously way too many to go over in one episode, but let's rewind the clock to February, 2022, where you actually pitched Alter Beauty around $364. Yes. So Alta, if you've been following the company, uh, has had a great run since Feb 2022. It's up around at the moment 51% uh, from the trading levels back then. It's trading around 550 levels at the moment. So this one, as we sneaked peaked at the beginning of the episode, this is a trim for me, taking some profits at these levels. Although UBS, I do know, is still really bullish on the business. They have a price target of $575, but consensus is sitting around pretty much these levels. So not that I'm going to follow market consensus view here. I just think personally, it's time to bank some capital, take some risk off the table. Now, if we look back at their recent uh, earnings report, it was impressive with a 12% five-year total return CAGR. Love that. However, given the current valuation and where it's sitting, you know, I'm in the camp of I think some equities are looking expensive at the moment. I think it's just smart to bank profits here. You don't go broke taking a profit, do you? Yeah, no, <laughs> never. Never regret it. 50% upside, that's that's pretty decent Absolutely. from my perspective. I'm happy to bank it. Yeah, in two years. That's right. And this doesn't say I don't like the business. I still think it's a great one to hold long term. Just looking at valuations, as I said, and this could be one I top up potentially because it did come back like the whole market did in October last year. Yeah, I mean, it got really close to your initial buy price. So it does make sense Mm. to take profits for this order pad stock. Absolutely. Yes. Now, for our loyal listeners who remember this particular order pad, Felicity, you pitched on the same day on holdings. Now, that was trading around $27 back in Feb 2022. So, What's the update with on holdings? Yeah, so both kind of retail, beauty and sports. So, you know, like Alta, the stock has gone up, whoop, thank God, <laughs> to $32 levels. <laughs> the recent 52-week high was around $37. So the current position from Feb 2022 is sitting around 16% growth. Uh, so still double digits, which is good. Now, UBS is really standing by their conviction with a valuation of $51. That's a lot of upside from here and market consensus though is a bit more bearish at around $35. 
So this one, I'm going to look at doubling down and I'm going to tell you why. Great. Give us the highlights. On Holding AG is successfully expanding into new categories and experiencing robust growth in its core markets. I also think it's well positioned to capture additional market share in the running industry with its new speed performance technology, Need for Speed. And I think what's (laughs) interesting here is China is actually a significant growth potential for On. Uh, They've actually had triple-digit growth since first opening its stores in 2019. So I think when China roars back to life, we've been doing a lot of roaring on this show, uh, that would be, you know, one to watch, quite interesting. So a bit different to Alta. You know, I think On is still very much in its early period of growth phase um, and it's kind of positioned for growth at around 30%. Uh, And if it can continue to grow from here, I do expect it continue to gain market share and we should have a re-rate upwards from current levels. But I'll definitely trim around $50. Yeah, definitely being more active I think is key as we've said lots and lots on this show so far. Well, I actually think, CB, if you actually looked at a Vanguard balanced index ETF – Mm. Over the last four or five years, you're not really up that much. You're up about one and a half percent, three percent. It's not much because it's not active. Because of all the vol we've had, right? It's been quite a passive kind of flat market in certain areas versus AI boom and different areas like uranium have gone gangbusters. So you really need to be a stock picker, I think, and more active. I think we need to go through those index ETFs in more detail in another episode. Let us know if you want to hear that episode. Yeah, stay tuned. Well, that's a wrap for today's show. We hope you took some value out of our insights and discussion today. So tune in next week for more financial and investment strategy updates and, of course, market news and investable ideas. As we mentioned, there's only a few days left in February. So rush in quickly, email us, get in touch with your current investment portfolio if you'd like to take our offer up on a complimentary portfolio review. We'd love to hear from you. So to reach out to us via email, the best way to do that is cftgroup at shoreandpartners.com.au. And before we sign off, please remember, although Candice and I are financial advisors at Shore and Partners, please note our discussion today does not constitute as personal financial advice. As always, you should seek professional financial advice before making any financial or investment decisions. Please give us a five-star review. We haven't had any reviews in a while and share this episode and podcast with your family and friends. Until next time. See you then. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.